Yes, we're about to start this show. We start this show when we find out that there's a shooting just after the uh, parade in Kansas City at Union Station. Uh, all kinds of stuff's going to be breaking off of that, I'm sure, uh, left and right, obviously, yeah. uh, hoping for the best for everyone out there. And kind of tired of saying thoughts and prayers, to be honest with you. That sucks, don't it? Yeah. Um, it, it, it does. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, it just feels cliched and it's not nearly as effective as actually doing something about it. And what's happening isn't effective either. No, nope, clearly. clearly. It's, it's that's not opinion. effective. Yeah, yeah it's that's not. not that's, that's, that's not a take. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> not. Know? And I'm just like on either side of it. When you do that type of stuff, it empowers people even more, you know? And then the ones that think they're getting away with doing that type of stuff, I mean, jail and death is all you have, you know? Like, yeah. it's that simple. Jail and death. Uh, but, DK, we got a smile. It is, man, hump day and I, I got a smiley i got a smiley bell man that's gonna take us to another spot how about All that right. okay yeah you good let's with do that, that. Man? Let's, let's do that you're good like that by the way you <laughs> either what we will not you be cleveland like today okay here we no, go not cleveland <laughs> Yeah, so he's Ramon Foster, 11-year starting guard in the National Football League. All 11 of those for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You see how that goes? Like that. I don't have to give you like your, you know, your uh, Louis Lips <laughs> once played for the New Orleans Saints. Did Franco he? Harris. Oh, yeah. See, you didn't even know that, did you? I didn't know Louis Lips played for them. Oh, yeah. Franco Harris was a Seahawk. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Oh, DK. yeah. This, these are things that never should have happened. Oh you know? my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with that. some I of these guys. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that. You 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 come into the club. You come to those those alumni meetings with a just a clean record. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to preface it by saying, "Well, that one time." No, this is not that one time at band camp, DK. This is uh, this is a one stop shop, man. Exactly that. Oh, that's oh, right here. Mike my. says it was eleven short years. Did they feel short to you? You know what? In it, in it. It felt just because I was so year by year that I knew when I hit 11. I will say that. In hindsight, I will say this. Now that I'm three years removed, almost going on four, I will say this. You look at back at that time, you say it is such a short window. It is. Like, you look at the playing time. 11 years is a very long time to be in a professional sport for football, that is, right? But you look at it, he's like, dang, I'm almost four years removed from those moments right there. So, yeah, it is, Josh. I mean, who, who said that a second ago? It is a short moment right there in history. Lyle points out that the bus was a ram. Yeah, but he was a yeah. ram at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're, you're glad he ended up switching teams. Yeah. You know? when, when do you get initiated in it? Because I know what they say. Once a stealer, always a stealer. I, I, I feel that. I do. I do. I do. But when does it really, from the fan base, DK, really sticks? You know? Like, that's a bunch of one-year guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's got to stick. You've, you've got to be around for a little bit. And it's got to be at the prime of your career, I think, too, when they can see you at your best. Like, Patrick Peterson could come in and just be a model citizen for this year and maybe even next. And it, he's a Viking. He's a Viking. I, no, you he's know what a I'm Cardinal saying? first. Well, or whatever, yeah, whatever it is, right? Yeah, I'm That's just saying he's, yeah. 
So, you know, if he sticks around for a while, is he still seen as a stealer? I don't know. I mean, everybody saw Joe Hayden playing both sides this year. Didn't he? What? Didn't he? Joe. Hey, oh. Joe still had good productive years in Pittsburgh. You are so right. Way to call <laughs> us out on that. Joe, Joe goes up I to God. He, yeah, he's he's here in Pittsburgh for the game against the Browns, and he's waving to the crowd, waving a towel. Oh, we love you, Joe. We love you, Joe. Game goes up to Cleveland, and Joe's like, Cleveland Brown hero, oh, Joe Hayden. Ah. You are, and I love Joe, man. That is so real, DK. Way to keep, way to keep us honest on that, dog. I, I was not thinking about. So it matters the amount of plays you make then. It does, because I don't consider James Harrison a Bengal or Patriot. Now, here's a good – James Harrison's not a Bengal <laughs> or a Patriot. I don't even like mentioning that one. You know what I mean? I don't want to share him. Uh, that's what I'm saying, DK. The barber requests kindly that everybody hits like. And You know, sometimes we'll get these comments on this show where people will say, like, well, you have only, you know, X number of likes while you have this many people in. And I try to tell everybody that by the end of it – we end up with more than a thousand every time. Yeah, we know. And we the do. one yesterday was like, oh my God, there's only 16 likes. And we ended up with a thousand. But that's also why the show does well because yeah. you hit those likes and then it gets shown to more people. Not going to bore anybody here with YouTube algorithm talk, but that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. You know, like James yeah. Ferrier, he started out with the Jets, came here. He he's he, a stealer. He's, he's a stealer. stealer. He is. Yeah, Larry Foote going to Detroit for a cup of coffee. No, he's a stealer still, you know? Like, that's the way I somewhat look at this. Ed O'Neill, stealer for life. Do you know who that is, Bone? Ed O'Neill, quarter. No, that's Al Bundy. <laughs> they almost got you. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. But it's true. It is. That's Al Bundy. I was like, hold up, hold up. Don't get me right there. That's Al Bundy, man. I used to love coming home watching that show. I love it. That's the That's the best. By the yeah, way, this, that sh that show would unique. never, they wouldn't let that thing air, not no. five minutes of it today. No. Even um, in jest. Like, nobody's got any any remote sense of humor to handle of, something like that now. Cannot. Cannot. One, one of my most favorite shows, DK, The Office. I don't yeah. think The Office could, could show in today's climate. Not even. Yes, Al Bunny did have four touchdowns in one game. Oh, my God. The stuff between Michael and... Uh, was it Oscar? No, uh, no, no. Yes. Michael, yes. Oscar. Oh my God. Okay. And, 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 and occasion occasionally with Stanley. Like yeah, I mean with Phyllis? Oh, with Phyllis. Come yeah. on. You just you I mean, maybe you could because you're painting the character as being ignorant and whatever else right, here. But, right. But maybe not either. But what shows do we even have where somebody plays that type of role in today's climate? You know what I'm saying? Like, where now, does that it, even? It's pretty much left to Family Guy to destroy everybody's sense of what's right and what's wrong. A cartoon. <laughs> pretty much, right? What, it well, wasn't for Family Guy, South Park, and Simpsons. South Park. The three cartoons. Yeah, the three cartoons, because we can't be real in reality, DK. That's what it is. Man. We did promise you guys that we would talk about this today, and we're going to do it in the opening segment. It's about the... The Chiefs and the 49ers knowing or not knowing the overtime rules because that speaks to football culture and it speaks to what extent coaches prepare you for certain things. Coaches don't they, – they love to talk about this. They don't over-inundate their players with information. They want them thinking clearly. They want them thinking reflexively. At the same time, moan, you know? 
Yeah. What happened? What happened here? First of all, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, what happened was the NFL instituted new playoff rule. I mean, new overtime rules for the Super Bowl and postseason, and we ended up seeing it in real time. I'm not sure if it was just for the Super Bowl or just the playoffs in general, but I love the format of it. Had the time expired at the end of the game, they would have simply moved to another quarter also. That's another thing. So apparently, and, and this is where also being in those games, those big times games more often than other teams, does pay dividends like i'll continually go back to the 28-3 conversation that the patriots had or you know when it came down to them beating atlanta and you somewhat say to yourself they were probably more poised and understood the game ain't over until it's over right and mm-hmm. that's the same way i feel about kansas city being in a situation to where they have had and it was stated by them they had meetings discussing overtime rules they had meetings discussing how they were going to uh, defer or take the ball or not and stuff like that and that's just one of those things as a as a coach having not been in that situation that Kyle Shanahan got caught with his pants down. Like that's essentially what it looked like to me, DK. And it, can you say it's flagrant on Kyle Shanahan? Yes, but you yeah. also look at yes, very flagrant. Uh, I mean, there's I mean, no but. <laughs> let me give him a little bit of grace. Let me just a little bit, and I'll take your stance on it. He probably never imagined that you were going to the overtime in a Super Bowl game. I mean, there's at That's least the a reasonable chance of it, you know? I know, I know. And and even if, are we sure that he knew? Is he, I mean, uh, no, everyone I, talks I, we, about we that sure. coin toss. We're not sure. He can say after the fact, well, I, I wanted the defense to be out there. Or I didn't want the defense to be out there because they were just out there for, <clears throat> excuse me, a long stretch. Supposed been gassed, yeah. Yeah, and they were gassed and whatever else here. You can say that, but you can say that after the fact. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. I just I feel like in, in, in the case of the Steelers, you tell me, you know, to what extent and I'm not talking about a Super Bowl or a playoff game, I just mean in general, to what extent do you feel players, including when you were playing, are are kept abreast of things like that? No. To be real with you, DK, uh-huh. uh, the first time that they had that uh, score seven and the game is over, if I'm not mistaken and my rules and years are right, when um, when Tebow scored that long touchdown on us, I thought mm-hmm. we had another chance. That's how it I goes. Did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I thought we had another shot. I sat over there and I was thinking to myself, oh, we can get the ball back and not realizing they were celebrating because the game is over. Like on new rules, I guarantee you this: all thirty-two teams will now know that rule too. They're going to know all the rules. Yes, they will. I mean, and- I, everyone talks about the Chiefs being prepared, but the dude who caught the winning touchdown, whose name I just cannot commit to memory, uh, McCole Hartman. That that guy. That guy didn't know he won the game. Yeah, he did not. You and he admitted he didn't know that that yeah. was the thing. Now here's the thing: depending on where you thought, uh, where you are in your career, young guy, older guy, your role with the team, also, um, you don't, you don't, you honestly don't invest too much time in it. Because here's the other thing: guys would just be like, "Somebody gonna tell me," or you don't imagine yourself losing, so we'll never get to that situation. Like, that type of stuff does happen, DK. Me not being in the game anymore, I didn't know that those rules were going to be what they were in overtime until we actually got them on TV also. So I learned at the same time that the San Francisco 49ers, I will say I do think there are meetings that happen. I do know some players don't listen in, in, in coaches' meetings. 
that's just how it goes. It seemed to me that there was more Kansas City players that knew about it than anybody on the 49ers team. No, that was flagrant as a coach. Every situation matters. Now, like I said, I'm not I'm not Kyle Shanahan. So when it boils down to what I say he could have done, should have done, I would probably think he never thought he'd be in a situation like that in the Super That's Bowl. That's interesting. That's interesting. And no inexcusable. At, I'm talking about all the way, full stop on inexcusable. But he I'll, probably I'll, I'll say this too. I, I think that one of the things you have to be careful of, and this goes across all organized sports, is deflating your own dramatic ending. I used to talk about this a lot when it, when it was uh, the NHL was reviewing every single goal. Okay. Yeah. So you have a situation where somebody scores a goal and it's the Stanley Cup winning goal, and you have everybody just basically standing around for yeah. six, seven minutes. Yeah. That can't happen. Uh, the oh. fans have to have to have that emotion, have to have that sense that that was it. That was the winning score right there in that moment. And the players obviously have to have that too. And if your rules get too confusing, well, if you go down the field, you get a field goal. The other team has to do this and that and whatever. And then they have to do this, but it can't be. It can be a defensive touchdown, can win the game right away, right? Yeah, yeah, That's another yeah, one. Yeah, it is. So if you have to sit there flipping through your book, then you've got something <laughs> wrong. Do you like the overtime format at all? Would you rather see the college one in the NFL? Where they go from the 25 out. Yeah. Uh, from a consumer side, I like the way that they just go up and down the field with the kickoffs and punts and stuff like that. Okay. On, on the player side, I'd much rather see it start at the 25. Oh, it adds I know more what anxiety. you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. It, yeah. It, it, it adds more anxiety. It, it puts pressure on real fast. And it just really is bang, bang. I, I like college rules as a player. I love them. I'm going to be real with you. I I, I think the – I think the college overtime, and you know I'm not a big college athletics yep. guy in general. Know that. The college overtime is electric. You can't take your eyes off a single play. No, you can't see. And how many times do you see it go multiples or whatever? And I know, again, the coaches don't like that. Players don't necessarily like that either. But, man, and then your, 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 your decisions, do you want to kick? Do you want to, you know, are you going to have to go for it? Do you think the other guys are going to score? Do you trust your defense? And it's all compact, and you get rid of all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's nothing but meat. No bone. No bone. Nothing at all. No involving kickoffs and none of that type of stuff other than field goal. I'm with Mike. Like, I know the uh, college starts at the 25. Like, if the NFL started at the 45 out, I mean, the way kickers are kicking anyway, like, at least you have that. Like, if you don't get the first down, that's a long enough field goal that your kicker is going to be put, you know, to the fire when it comes down to him making it or not making it, correct? But when you start all the way back and then you got a punt from your own 30 and then they march it back down on you and the game ends that way, I love the idea that you can play up the uh, the scoring, DK, if you want to keep people engaged too. And then, of course, you're not running into what the 49ers say they ran into, and that's a tired defense having to defend the entire mm -hmm. field. 45 the opponent's 45 might be a good starting spot. Guys, when we come back, we're going to get to the only segment that matters on this particular Wednesday. And that's, by the way, happy Lover's Day, good people. <laughs> what are we talking about? But that's Hey Mo, and hit that like and subscribe while we go on break, DK. All right. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. 
Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. All right, this is how this show goes. You say, hey, Moan, you say it with conviction, and you ask an intelligent question. You don't ask stuff, ideally, that we've already addressed the last couple of days, and, you know, just like that. And then from there, you listen to Ron Slay, who advises everybody to be sure to hit that like button to fellow Ragers. Ragers. I've got a feeling he says it like the macho man Randy Savage, DK. (laughs) What do you think about that? How do you think about that? Uh, Mike Mike Jones. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, the next question under Mike Jones, because we got accused of not, you know, hitting non-members. By the way, we've not did enough shaming, DK. (laughs) (laughs) We've not did enough shaming, okay? Let me, before we get to Mike Jones, okay, is this. We had somebody criticize, well, say yesterday, we don't ask questions from non-members. We we pull questions from everywhere, and there's so many people in here. By the way, if you think it's the non-members, okay, you also, there are memberships just sent out every day. Open up your settings so that you can get one of those green names over there. Mm-hmm. Okay, like there are so many waiting for you you guys to get one. There are. Uh, today alone, Miss Pittsburgh has, has, has come in. I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong list here. Uh, I thought we had some gifts here. Yeah, we do here. The barber barber has come in with five. I found them now. Uh, Fishing for trout came in with five. These are appreciated. Cybo's come in with five. Uh, That's how this rolls. Rudy's got a little bit of a contribution in play here as well. There's a a lot of good stuff. Uh, You don't have to, you know, first time, you don't ever have to worry about it. Just hit accept gifts. Yeah. You know, after that, we'll we'll get busy. Get Uh, off the uncle's table, okay? That's right here. Eric Shulo gets us started, actually. says, hey, Moan. See, that's what I'm talking about. Our <clears throat> offensive line was healthy for the last two years. Is cutting Chooks a Korofor smart if we're one injury away from Dylan Cook starting? And does this make offensive tackle a need for the draft? Uh, offensive tackle depth. Unless something changes again, I'll tell you guys, with Dan Moore, it's just how this works then he's probably going to work at right tackle. I think you will draft a tackle regardless of this year because of depth, and you can never have enough. By the way, there's over 70 offensive linemen going to the combine this year. That is a huge number. So if you're talking about an emphasis on bigs and you're asking about depth and who's going to start, they are trying to get this NFL game to me. I think we're going to see a transition back to the beat them down, punch them up type of groups, man. 70 offensive linemen at the combine, that's a crap time. But to your point about Chooks, Chooks probably was a business decision to me. You don't get released this early as a vet if you don't go to them and say, hey, give me an opportunity to go somewhere else. If you're going to cut me in March, why not cut me right now? At least my agent can go to the combine and uh, talk to uh, you know teams that I can potentially go to. That type of stuff right there happens um, at this time of the year if you ask to be released. And all of this depends, of course, upon Dan being able to handle right tackle. That's very true. It's very That's, true. That was a question, Moan. Can yeah, well, he do it? <laughs> can, can Dan handle it? I'm asking you. I, I, oh, you're, you're the expert me. here. He's athletic enough to, yes. He's got to get in between his head and his mind and convince himself. If I want to maintain in this league because the projected left tackle is a first-round pick who's young and uber-talented, and I need to move over. 
it's a here thing. Like, I went from right to left in a season, DK, and that's because I was willing. Was it perfect? No. Did I spend the whole offseason working on my left side? You best believe I did. What's my whole saying that I have, DK? Oatmeal is better than no meal. You can try to go play left tackle, but the projected guy is probably, probably going to be Broderick Jones. Mm-hmm. It should be. Should be. Absolutely so, should be. You move up to get him, move him to the most important side. Especially in the offseason, right? You see how I said most important side as opposed to the most important position? Do you like that? I did hear that, man. Yeah, that was uh-huh. good. I got Mark, one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mark says, hey, Moan, how long will it take typically for a reconstituted offensive line to gel? Because we're going to see it again. Yeah. We're going to see it again. Uh, it depends on how honest those guys can be with each other and how quick they can grow up in the coaching, too. Development of that position is just as important as Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph or wide receiver or DB. Everybody, by the way, people are asking what we're going to call Joey Porter Jr. Call him JJ. How about that? That's what his dad called him. JJ. Anytime he's at the facility, call him JJ. Not JPJ, JPZ Jr. You got to do all that. JPJ doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't have a. You've heard him call him JJ. Call him JJ, by the way. Uh, But it can take time. But here's the thing about getting good as a group. You need to be able to be honest with one another. I don't care if it's somebody's weight. I don't care if it's somebody's plate. I don't care if it's somebody's conditioning. You have to be able to say, hey, man, I need more out of you. And here's where that next step has to be. And maybe it's Broderick, DK, because here's the thing. We saw him say what he wanted, right? They wanted 250 yards a game, and he went out and did it. I do think that group, that room, needs a vocal leader, a strong lead by actions and verbal leader. If that Broderick, I think they can speed it up a little bit more, DK. Jeff says, hey, Moan, looking sharp, by the way. It's Wednesday cut day. That's what that is. I see what that is. Given the new (laughs) offensive coordinator, is there ever a possibility of the players feeling that a coach like Eddie Faulkner, who obviously just kept his job this week as well, might feel slighted? It's a different environment, isn't it? And a lot of coaches come in and they're worried about it because you've already set up a relationship with those guys. And now I'm coming in and I'm the outsider, even though I'm the boss. Yeah. You know what? That's essentially what it looks like. That's how it feels. This is a performance-based league. One way to justify yourself and not feel like an outsider is to do damn good work. Ain't no other way around that in the NFL. You get fired because you suck in the NFL. It's not the other way around. If you're good, you will be employed at that position for a very long time. Eddie Faulkner is, is proven that he can be one of those guys to stick around and he's doing it. So look at the production he's got out of Jalen and Najee. I mean, what are we talking about outsider? Absolutely not. He belongs there is the way I look at it. Tube dude says that the 49ers just got rid of their defensive coordinator. Would this be a good chance? And Terrell Austin stayed. Don't do that. Yeah. Terrell Austin just got an extension too. Yep. What says Arthur Smith reaching the pinnacle as an NFL head coach, I'm sure he can handle himself. Well, that that actually isn't a bad point to bring up, though, is it? It's not. He, he understands what that management looks and feels like now. And, and so the idea that he needs to fit in, absolutely not. Like, it's there for him. And then, of course, they, here's the other side of this, y'all. They came looking for Arthur. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure he wanted to be employed, but there was a want and a need on both sides. So And he's able to fill up his staff the way he wants to. I really feel, though, like over those final four games, you know, this is going to be one of those uh, things where Mike Tomlin says, I'm not going to peel the curtain back for you on this one. <laughs> okay, you've heard him use that line a million yeah. times. Uh-huh. And what he 
what I'm referring to here is what actually happened with the offense over the final four weeks because it, that might have been the ultimate example of Tomlin just saying, hey, listen, everybody, hands in the pile, come up with ideas. Uh, you heard Mason Rudolph say right here on this show that he was intensely involved. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, how, did he, how did he put it to you? He said something along the lines of, I wasn't about to be passive here. I yeah. had my career on the line. Those guys had their jobs on the line. This wasn't Everybody. the time to say, uh, well, no, I think that play will work fine. If you think that the play sucks, this is the time to say that the play sucks. So Mason had a hand in it. Uh, Mike Sullivan had a big oh. hand in it. Okay, I don't think anybody can dispute that. And for them to do what they did, I think pretty much cold. Cold. There's no yeah. training camp. There's no nothing. Not enough credit was given to the coaches, including, I think, Tomlin, for the for those final four weeks of yeah. offense. I got one after this I'm going to put up real quick. And, and and here's the other thing, too. I think Mason acknowledged this on the show. If not, I don't think it's a deep secret or whatever I say here. But mm -hmm. he was like, when you're an older player, you can adamantly tell the coach, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, he knew of some plays that he thought – that Kenny could do, but didn't overly love. No, and he said so. It might not He's, be the kind of thing that would Kenny would be comfortable saying, but I, I've been here for five years. I can say, hey, that place sucks. Yes, for that me, has, it does. That has, yeah. that, that has no, right, for me, right. That yeah. has no chance of working. Or because of that receiver, he'll never run that route properly or, or will never block that play correctly. Exactly. Whatever it is, he can say it because he's been around. Yes, absolutely. I got to go on this just overall football, DK, from All Kyle, right. who's also at the uncle's table. I'm telling you, it's been 50 given by Rochelle today, Kyle. Get you one, okay? Yeah, what's but he goes, about? I don't know what's going on, man. We're going to start shaming the uncle table again, okay? But here, here we go. Uh, Kyle goes, hey, DK, Moan, do you think there's a possibility of change to change the Super Bowl from Sunday to Saturday instead of considering us who live in Europe? I'll say this. I've heard people say well, I'll say this. I've heard people suggest, why don't you move it to President's Weekend? Because that Monday's a holiday. And I know that might be too long of a gap in between. I'll say this. You get to 18 regular season games, though. We're on President Weekend as far as having that Monday off. Yeah, I, I think the, the time differences are, are going to be a thing that comes up, uh, not just in American football, but in global football. Because I can hear all of the American soccer fans right now saying okay sure yeah we'll do that right when you change all the premier league times and everything now it's easier to see soccer because if they play a game at on prime time in england it's at noon in america okay yeah. so you know that's that's it, it that's what it is in that direction i i don't super bowl ban who would mess with success i understand 6 30 p.m is you know is after midnight in london but you know they're, 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 they're giving you a bone when they come over for NFL Europe, and now they're going to go NFL South America and all those types of things too. So, But specifically, uh, I understand what he's saying because, it, because in, in Europe the time difference is significant, and you can't say on one hand, we love you, we really want you to get into this sport and then take your marquee event and put it at a time when they can't see it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I understand that part. It seems like it's speaking out of both sides. Uh, of the mouth there. Barbara comes in and says, uh, uh, oh, to me, uh, hey, DK, I was watching YouTube and a Justin Fields to the Steelers video. At least four people shut down his chat and told him to get his info from TK Pittsburgh Sports. That was the best. I mean, Moan, the, the Fields thing is so absurd that, that I can't believe that it's, it's taken any traction. And I don't even say that because 
of fields and his 38 fumbles and 30 interceptions in 40 career games. I say it because Art Rooney II said we're not making any major blockbuster trade. He said this, the owner. This is over. I I love to know in the comments since we brought it up and uh, Barbara appreciate that man by the way but here's the other, why why do you like Justin Fields if y'all don't mind in the words of uh, Dusty Rose if you will okay if you will just write in the notes uh what, what, what in the comments why do you like Justin Fields to Pittsburgh is because he's not your toy to play with and he's new and shiny and still young and has a lot of that potential like is that why. Like I love to know your your stance yeah. on why that I got a good one right here. It's really good, DK. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is perception before I put this up. Okay. But it's from Will Smith. Appreciate you, King of Philly. <laughs> I got a laugh from Dolly. Yeah, I got a hear it over there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hear. first one we've gotten out of her today, by the way. <laughs> from the characters in the back, man. Uh <laughs> But but Will Smith goes, hey, Moan, the new wide receiver, and he puts in air quotation marks with people listen to us on the podcast, I mean, on uh, streaming, seems to be an in-the-face coach who holds players accountable. Any thoughts on the position coach, and would he have the support of Coach Mike Tomlin? Here's why. I say, if he seems that way, there may be a little bit of that, but here's why I say also. You got to think, there's been conversation around how to try to rein in George Pickens, right? What better way than to get a guy that can match his intensity and probably garner some of his respect? I don't think George Pickens is problematic, but you may have to cater to the room as far as finding somebody that can match his energy and and his level of growing up, too. I don't say that in a disrespectful way, but there is a level of, hey, if you do what you're supposed to do professionally on and off the field, being in the building, being a consummate pro, maybe that's somebody you got to think. College is a little different. Everything I've ever heard about Georgia and how they treat their players is they will come grab you from your room and walk you to class. They will come see you go to practice. And maybe they know some of that. Who knows what it may be? But if it seems that way, then maybe you'll see some more benefit out of George Pickens moving forward. And everybody else in that room. It's about George. I was about to say, of course, and it's a young room, but it's about George. It's about George. They need to maximize George. I don't know that we talk about that enough. We talk a lot about quarterbacks, and we talk a lot about other positions and everything. But it's when you see, especially over those final four games, when George started getting fed the ball in different situations, stuff that we didn't know that was the non-one-trick pony type of routes, what happened? He showed you a lot. He showed you, DK. He did. And that's what Coach Tomlin also said. I've seen him tell Martavis that. I've seen him tell Mike Wallace that. I've seen him tell Deontay, hey, I need something different. You're a good one-trick pony, but I need something different. And George even said that at the beginning of the 23 mm-hmm. season. I have to expand my role. Did he not? And, and he we, did. He yeah. didn't just say it. He went He went and did it once he got, he got the football on a consistent basis. Uh, that began with the firing of Matt Canada who either didn't appear to recognize this thing or had no idea what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Hornet says, hey, Moan, how loud do Penguins fans have to chant to keep Mason Rudolph <laughs> and to stop this quarterback talk? Uh, can I jump on that one? Please jump on that one like a hornet's nest. Get it, Pittsburgh Hornet? Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, Penguins fans and the Penguins have their own problems right now. Uh, they, are in, they are not in great shape. 
They're looking like they might miss the playoffs for a second year in a row. I'm covering the game tonight, and then I'm flying out to Chicago in the morning to cover the one tomorrow night. And you know what? If those two don't go well, where's that violin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it is. That This little violin here might be playing... Uh, might be playing a very sad tune. So the hockey fans have something something of their own to worry about uh, in these coming days. Uh, yeah. Let's see what else we have here. Matt Wilcox wants to know if you would take a chance on a late-round QB. I think you have to start just doing that to keep him in the house. I heard somebody recently say that. You need to be drafting a quarterback every two to three years, high or low, like just because of – Turnover of your guy, age, and I think a little bit maybe performance anxiety if you see me bringing in a new guy. Think about it. How many backup quarterbacks did Ben have that was drafted second, third, oh, fourth, fifth round? Yeah, sure. About every two to three years, right? That's that's how it would go. And the, the first one who came along that wasn't in that bracket was Mason. Mason was the only one that was actually brought in with a chance to, well, a theoretical chance. But Chris Oladokun was the backup just now in Kansas City. As soon as I got a ring. Got a ring. Got, got a couple. A ring. Yeah, uh, so Dennis Dixon, uh, Landry Jones is another one of those drafted quarterbacks. I mean, that's the game you're going to have to play. So, yeah. Uh, Darren Watt has a terrific question here. Arthur Smith loves to deploy an actual fullback. Is that player on the roster now? Uh, is it Connor uh, Hayward? Connor, is what he's yeah, that's where I was yeah. going. <laughs> Connor Hayward. Is he, he that player? He's able to be able to do that. And Connor is a weapon also. And that's the thing about having a fullback on roster. Um, you have to sometimes specifically designate a spot for him. I think you get a hybrid with Connor Hayward. That that to me is going to be very fascinating because he's so much a weapon. I'd almost look at him like Rashard from Baltimore. Like you don't know if he's coming in to run or he might sneak out for a pass, but you know that Connor Hayward can sneak out for a pass. Joshua Dobbs comes up with the best line of the day. I hate y'all. Josh, I hate you. I, just so you know, I hate that you question. You thought that subject was done around I here. I we were over that. I hate you for that. Do you know that oh, in a loving way? no. <laughs> I saw somebody a second ago asking for Dotson again. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to see how this goes. Let's take a couple more. To, hey, let's take guy. a couple more today. <laughs> Look at Ron Slay. He's about to what, get ready for got? TV. He just donated some memberships, baby, and they got swooped up quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, we I don't know how I managed to s skip her, of all people. Oh, and no. everybody that's given gifts today, I skipped Rochelle incredibly. Brought it, to you by. Never taken for granted. In fact, being in heavy consideration here for naming rights to the show. Is that correct? What do you say? If Hinesville is changing from Akershore, changing as <laughs> we're officially changing to the RB show. We're 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 RF sponsored by RB. That's what we'll be here. <laughs> and by the way, you good people, Ron Slay is my brother, and that's the reason I'm bringing him up like this. He's about to go on set with the SEC Network, so he always pops in to show love with another five spot he just gave you. Or I'm gonna get you when I see you. Hodge starting to do that thing that some people are doing, you know? It is Lover's Day. Yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> oh, he's trying to put his bid in for Rochelle. You can't mess with our sponsor. Shamed of okay. themselves. You can't do it. It's, it's un unacceptable. Uh, here's a good one here from Mel. Hey, Moan, is it hard to coach multiple offensive linemen at the same time if we draft an offensive tackle? 
If somebody has a hard time doing that, they should not be a coach. One thing that I will say. But they're different uh, positions. You also say that that all the time. Okay. Screw that. The essence of what you're doing is the same. Now, there will be the assistant O-line coach that may take the guards and centers. Sean Surrett did that with us. Harold Goodman did that with us also. Remember him? Mm -hmm. He's now the O-line coach, I think, in Carolina, by the way. So you you designate coaches to, you know, do your to teach your guys up. But the overall teaching of the offensive line is something that should not go away. It should not be hard to teach up tackles like a project in the second year or if they draft a rookie again on the basis that, look, players have to be willing and coaches have to also love coaching. One one of the best tweets or now one of the best sentences and statements I've ever heard from Coach Tom was on Ryan Clark's podcast where he said, we're talking about players that got issues with attitude or, you know, this and that. And he was like, when, when we're talking about coaching, he was like, don't come to me telling me about what a player can't do on the field. That's coaching. You should want to love to coach. You should absolutely be driving yourself to coach every single day. So the idea that somebody has a problem teaching somebody, you shouldn't be a coach at any position if you have an issue teaching a blocking tight end versus a receiving tight end. So that's the reason I started that one too, DK. We should never question coaching unless they suck at their job. Renee says, hey, Moan, do you think Deontay Johnson's contract will be renewed? I'm actually going to look up here. I know Deontay's got one more year. Yeah. uh, But I want to see exactly what that is. I want to say it's a really high figure. uh, Well, you're still working with a rookie quarterback, so that's the only grace that you get. And I'm not sure who's due to be paid. He just offloaded Mitch Trubisky and – um and, and uh Chuk's salary. Where where is he sitting at? Yeah, 18 I'm, for next year. <laughs> so here's the thing, though, DK. The cap is going up. I his will cap, say, his cap hit. Uh, let me be let me be specific ahead. here to make sure I don't put put anything out of context. Deontay's cap hit for 2024 is 15.8. Okay, that is for a player, a wide receiver who's age 28 who does what he does, even at his production level, regardless of what you think of it, that's the price of doing business. That's not an above – you know what I mean? If you're mad at him or whatever. Now, he's an unrestricted free agent after that. Yeah. um, It doesn't harm you to keep Deontay unless you're trying to trade him out. That's my thing. I I I think think Deontay has – You have to. You have to trade him out? No, no. Oh, have to keep him. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. And here's the thing, too. I think we'll have to change our view – of what salaries are, I think in the next year, the minimum is going to be a million. Okay. And then of course with the TV. Yeah. I mean, my, good for those guys though. That, that's well, my hell, first thought. Yeah, Heck yeah. Uh, I think my rookie minimum is four Oh five. You see what I'm saying? Like, and honestly, I think the NFL is behind on that scale too. But when you look at the TV deals, you look at where the quarterbacks are at. If the quarterback is getting 45, his starting wide receivership is probably going to sit around 20. Like, I think the premier A-list guys are getting about $25 million a year. $18 million a year is like a a 1B or 2, honestly. And that's what Deontay is. Like, some teams will start to pay about $18 million for a wide receiver, too. So, Deontay, I think, is still at a great value. Yeah, I just don't – I don't know that there's a choice. I don't think there's somebody else on the roster who can do something like him. But I am continuously stating that I am not at all – Adverse to seeing the Steelers go with a wide receiver in either of the first two rounds. Yeah. Okay. And I know everyone's going to kind of roll their eyes at that because, like, really? And then something, something, Chase Claypool and, and whatever. <laughs> but when you're talking about a class 
this coming one that could have as many as 17 wide receivers go in the first two rounds, you don't have to take one in the first round. Yeah. Okay. You can wait for your George Pickens, you know, to fall. Mm-hmm. You can. I, I just, I, you just, you can't have enough of those, Moan. You cannot. There's not no. another position like it right now in football. There just isn't. No, it is not, man. Hey, Chris Ackwright just came in with a great question, DK. All right. Let's have it. Great question. Here um, it is. Yeah. He says, hey, Moan, why didn't the quarterback's coach just work with Kenny Pickett on stopping him from rolling out of the pocket so easily? Why didn't someone just tell him to stop it? I'll give him a little bit of grace. Maybe because of protection, maybe, or maybe because that's what he's used to. It's that simple. The same way I would ask you if you, if Tim Tebow, just to use him as an excuse, could have changed his throwing motion to not throw ducks, he would have. In the in the spirit of competition, more really times good. than not, yep. more times than not, you will go back to what you're used to. It's just dependent upon. If one, you are you, not the coach, Chris, if you are mentally strong enough to to stop doing your old things, then you can. I think we saw Ben stay in the pocket a little bit longer, right? I think we see Deontay this year not running backwards as much, did we not? The player. That is correct. The player has to also buy into this stuff, y'all. The coach can tell him all day, but on that field, he doesn't have the controllers like Madden. He doesn't have a PlayStation 5 or Xbox to make Kenny stay in the pocket. And, and you can't bench him because you know what he's going to tell coach? I felt pressure, coach. My bad. Don't do it again. The player has to lock in mentally and physically to commit to that type of stuff. Here's the thing, though, Moan. I'm Just listening. to throw, throw this out there, there's also a cart and a horse in this equation. Which comes first? that he feels the pressure because he wasn't decisive enough in throwing the football? Or is he reacting to legitimate pressure because the offensive lineman screwed up? Because you know and I know what the actual offensive linemen think about this. They know he's going to bail. They know he's going to bail. Okay, And they hated that because he made them look bad. Yes, he did. But what they hated the most, and what I heard, and this isn't me guessing at it, this is them telling me this, okay, they hated the fact that there wasn't a decisive release of the football. It's okay. Timing. The dude doesn't have to be as open as your college buddy was at Pitt. The dude just needs to be NFL open. You have to trust. You have to believe in yourself. You have to hit that seam the way, for example, Mason Rudolph did on the big touchdown to Deontay Johnson. The seam was like this big, buddy. Yeah. Eh, maybe more like this big. Okay. What does but- NFL open? It's NFL open. You got to fire it through there. You got to make sure it's only catchable by the guy in your sweater. So, so that is a great question, by the way. Which is first? Yeah, but but you you got to say sometimes that's just a player, man. Like, and I think that's the same thing. Truthfully, for Justin Fields, here's my thing, and I have to go back and look. And that four or five game stretch that Mason finished up at the end of the season. I think Dan gave up one sack, the one that that he ran into, actually. Mason ran into a sack, belling out to the left. So we're talking about a difference in play from all those dudes in four weeks because they knew where the quarterback was going to be. It ain't the fact that you don't need a mobile quarterback, but it's the idea I know where in the heck you're going to be at. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. We're, I that's told you, we, this is, that's, that's really, really, that's a really, really good one right there. Uh, Jabo says, this is a good question for you, Moan. He wants to know if Mason can get mobile and quick in the off season, like chase a chicken around or something. <laughs> now, Here, what do ahead. you think of his actual, because we've seen him run. Yeah, we've seen he, him get out of the pocket. So he, he ran, I looked it up. He, he ran a 4-9 at the combine. His quarterback speed is what he got. Here's uh -huh. the thing. If you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's not really a runner like that. Lamar, to me, has gotten slower because he's put on weight, which is a good thing for him. I need you to know that, okay? He needs to stay in the lineup, yeah. C.J. Stroud, I watched him. He's not overly fast on the field either. Tua elects not to run. You're You're <laughs> – you're infatuated because you think you see guys doing certain stuff with their legs down the field. And all you really honestly need a quarterback to do is move the chains. Like, to, to me, I think I think Josh Allen hurts himself by running the ball more. I think Justin Herbert does, too. Quarterbacks that stay in the pocket and let the play develop are, and I'm talking about they are an item. You must have them. And here's the thing. You're breaking free and being mobile to look down the field. If you got my quarterback running, a guy like Mason all the time, that ain't good for the game. And that means that he's scrambling and it's probably going to be seeing ghosts when it comes down to his protection and how he plays oh, and, football. And, and your game plan just went to hell. You, you, you're, you're, and then you let the defense know you're winning. Like, think about this in the Super Bowl. When, they when, feel when, it, too. They, they they, look at this guy. We got him going all over the place. Yeah, you don't. You don't <laughs> it's, it's awesome that they're mobile. But that ain't their game. Every single running quarterback in the NFL has somewhat drawn themselves to stay in the pocket longer. Lamar has. I think you look at his scrambling and how he extends plays sometimes as he's mobile. Lamar would much rather stay in the pocket, I feel like, than run. Yeah, I just – I don't get the idea. I, like, again, I'm not blind. I don't look at Mason and say, oh, here's some – world-class speedster or whatever and he he would tell you the same thing but i i do see somebody who can get out of there and make things happen when he has to as a couple of our commenters have said when he does get out of there it tends to be with more of a purpose and again it comes back to reading the field reading your options and being decisive about it if his decision out of being decisive is i got nothing here then he's either going to throw the thing into the 12th row or he's going to go. What do you have that face on for? What is that? Because I can't tell if I'm having the football pull from me on this on this statement or not. You'll read that one, DK, and let me All know. All right. Charlie Brown says, hey, Moen, you keep saying that the offensive linemen have to wonder where Kenny is. You don't have to wonder because he always bails left. So that's on the oh, that's on the offensive line more than Kenny. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Why is that not true, Moan? Charlie, I, uh, Charlie, respect. Charlie, have a seat, Charlie. Have a seat. Burn the eleven-year NFL offensive <laughs> lineman, Charlie. When I say I don't know where Kenny's gonna be, and you tell me he always bails left, when is he gonna bail left? Where, when is there? What, what if there's no real pressure there and he's gone and I've got my guy secured and he goes left? Am I supposed to hold him and get a holding call? Am I supposed to just protect all the way outside and rush my DN? I mean, let my DN rush in? Are we supposed to slide left the entire time because he wants to roll left? Like you're becoming predictable. Like 
That's not a smart football statement right there. Maybe you're being facetious right there and a little tongue-in-cheek by making that statement. But that is not a – that's I'm sorry, but that's not a, that's not how you play football. You know, you become predictable in those moments right there. You, you, you have a team that's behind the chains more times than not. I'll blitz you from the left and send a safety over to the right and box you in. You know what happens then? You run backwards. That's not football. You can do that on Madden all day. Let him run left. You become a very predictable quarterback offense, and you find yourself out of the league because as a player, you don't have enough discipline or understanding that there's a little bit, there's something dirty about your job, and you might have to take one on the chin as your offensive linemen continually bang themselves up against the wall to protect you. Your job is to sit there and let us block for you. And unless you've been sacked again, your black back blown out every single time, okay? Then it's, there's no situation. That, that's a non-starter. Rick is coming in here with he's got your back. He points oh out something God. that you haven't yet, which is so much easier to push the edge rushers outside up the field and just have your quarterback step up. If you think about the times that that oh Mason Rudolph was sacked, and he got sacked too. It wasn't a ton, but he got sacked. When he got sacked, it was like this engulfing. I mean, he he because he was still he was so stubborn about staying in the pocket and reading his receivers for as long as he could that the lineman had to actually get beaten and he had to be surrounded before it would just be this whoom yeah. effect. Yeah. Think about the pass in Seattle where Mason took one under the chin. That's what the Don Draper, that's what the money's for. I'm not here for you to roll out and protect yourself. What about the team? That's honestly selfish on Kenny. And you know that they've taught him. Stay in the pocket, Kenny. So if I ask you if the old line is supposed to know where he's at, isn't that not selfish on him to just run out of the pocket anyway? Like that's dumb right there. I'm sorry, but that that maybe he was joking. He was joking. I give him that. I don't know, man. We're killing Charlie here in the comments here. We love you, Charlie. It's just, but that's, but that's. Think of it as a positive because you have a chance to bring that up here in front of a guy who played in the league for a really long time, and he can tell you what it actually is. You know. Yeah, that's the that's the the main never forget that that's the main thing about this show we have a lot of different gimmicks and fun and everything else here and uh, bells and whatever else here at the end of the day you get to come here and talk to an NFL offensive lineman who can say whoa Charlie no man that ain't it chief I I've I fool I full slid on Madden numerous numerous times before I know what you're what you're suggesting and asking but do you understand how fast defensive end and linebackers close on the field? Like, that's another thing I don't know if people understand, DK. You've been close to the field either in practice or in a game. How, how fast does action happen, DK? It's, it's, it's almost ir- irrational to come up with, try to come up with words for it. With because how big it's not guys just, are? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the speed. And, it, and, and in football, maybe more than any other sport, it's the chaotic yeah. feel to it at field level because, like, I can watch. Okay, if I'm if I'm at ice level for a hockey practice, guys are kind of moving in the same direction. There's a flow to it. Okay, uh, in football, it's and then you, and then you, you go, the well, what the heck was that? Yeah, and then they, we're afterward going. So, Moan, what did you see on that play? And Moan's going. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, by the way, I saw y'all jokes, Obey. Hey, pause that statement. I, I get it. I know where y'all are getting at, man. But that's that's part of the job. TJ, you're right. Like, y'all have to see. And it took me, honestly, like a year to see how fast it was. I'll never forget. It was uh, David Johnson, DJ Johnson, running down the field. And they actually got a kick return, ran on him. And DJ was like 260, 270. Massive. And I, massive big tight end. And I saw yeah. him running down the field. And we're waiting to go in. And I heard, doo, 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 doo. and just wind go by us. I'm like, I didn't know you could run that fast. Like, you don't understand how fast and big guys are and the closing speed that they have until <laughs> go get hit. That's <laughs> go get hit. That's why I was so hilarious when dude tried to wear Troy jersey on the uh in training camp to come practice with us. Bro, bro would have got broken half. Oh man, Brian Brown wants me to make that sound again. I'm never gonna pull that off twice. <laughs> Sorry. Dave Shipley gets our final word before we go to the to the uh closing of the episode here. I'm not reading it out loud, but it's Dave a is correct. Man's game. Yes, it definitely is. It's fast. We will be right back after this brief outro. So to repeat for anybody who missed it over the last couple days here, uh, there won't be shows Thursday or Friday. Uh, Moan is doing the gentlemanly be a good husband thing. Yeah. Taking quiche on a vacation. Yeah, 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 man. I I told her we would go somewhere, and that's because I was traveling all football season with the Titans, and then now my both my boys are about to start up travel baseball sometime soon. And – Weekend's going to get busy. So this is our window uh, until late July. And I'll be working the whole time, but I'll be doing it out of town. I'll be heading out to Chicago to cover the Penguins after I cover the Penguins tonight here as well. So it's it's a good time to take a little bit of a breather. We'll be back. We'll be back on Monday. want to thank everybody. Yeah, I know man. we do it all the time, but it, it, it never feels – doesn't it like moan when the show ends? Don't you feel like – could have spent more time thanking people. We could have spent more time with them. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, in general. We have to tell ourselves sometimes, like, we got to cut the show. We got to because it's it's where we love doing this with you guys. I'm seeing Mitch Trubisky sign with the Ravens. Veteran backup. That's all I see. Yeah, I've seen like two, three times on here. Jay Miller put it up there, man, real quick. Uh, Mitch being signed by the Ravens, which is why he probably wanted to be released this early. Well, he, I mean, he got his wish. That might be what that meant by mutual. Like Mason went to them and said, hey, guys, I know you're cutting me. You want to just go right ahead and do that? Yeah. You, you know, because remember, when it was announced, it was announced as a mutual parting. And then when the Steelers put it out on their press release, it was just, we released him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's I got what that him. means now. That's that's how that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we will see everybody on on Monday then. No doubt, man. Good people. Appreciate y'all. Peace.